Hey, what's up, Movement Church family? I am uh, glad to be speaking to you today, but I'm not so happy about not being able to be there with you in person. Um, but for those of you who've been watching online, everybody who's in person gets a little bit of taste of what it's like to watch online sometimes. But we are here today to continue our series, um, Not So Silent Night, where we're talking about Christmas and all things related to how God came to send His Son to die for us, to live for us, and it changed everything. But you know what? We talk about it a lot. But 2020 is, it's been a rough year. You know, we're all looking for good news. But it seems like just when we think things might be getting better, we get more bad news. You know, maybe the, the loss of loved ones hits a little bit harder because of the disconnection of people. Um, so many other things just happen that are just tough. And we just feel like, man, there's been enough in this year. We can have some good news. And we're all longing and we're all aching for some good news. And I'll be really honest. Um, we were hoping for some good news, but we got some not so great news this week. And that's why I'm preaching to you from a video. Um, early this week, we got word that a couple of Luke's teammates had gotten exposed to COVID. And uh, Luke had been around them, but they did not have any symptoms when he was around them. But we started quarantining automatically. Um, we got some uh, tests scheduled. We decided to take Daniel as well because the next day he started running a low-grade fever, and we said we need to get this checked out. We weren't really concerned because Daniel normally gets a little virus like that every year for just 24 hours, a little headache, a little temperature, and then he's good. But we said, hey, year of COVID, let's get him tested as well. So we got him tested. It's supposed to take one to three days. All the while, we're quarantining. We're even quarantining in our house, you know, keeping everybody sort of separate. And we find out that instead of one to three days for results, it's going to take seven to ten days. So Sherry got a rapid test location she found. She went and took the boys. They got tested. Luke was good, which is a big praise. But Daniel tested positive. So we continue our lockdown, and that's why we are where we are today. Speaking to you on video, hoping to share God's message with you. Um, a little bit of something to pray about is we're still waiting for that longer test result and the test giver, if you will, at the rapid test said that there's a possibility that a rapid test could be um, a false positive if he had some smaller virus. It could make a false positive. So maybe we'll get some good news on the long test. He's already feeling better. His fever lasted 24 hours or less. He's been feeling great, but he's still being quarantined in his room and hanging out in there. So pray that he doesn't go stir crazy. But we're hoping for a good report on that, and then we'll figure out what's best, how to adjust our quarantining. Uh, Sherry and I are going to go get tested in a couple of days uh, on Monday just to rule out anything for us as well. But we're in for the long haul here. So through Christmas, uh, be praying for us. Christmas won't be the same this year, and we really hate not being able to be with you guys. But we hope and pray everybody stays healthy, and that's why we're taking these kind of uh, extreme measures, because we want to make sure everybody stays healthy. So we were looking for good news, and it wasn't the news we wanted. But like we said, that's 2020, right? That's the way it seems like this year has continued to go. But I want to share with you some encouragement. You know, we're always looking for good news. And I will tell you this. If you want something to kind of cheer you up and also kind of tear you up, take a second and look at soldier homecoming videos, military homecoming videos. I am telling you, I don't care how tough you think you are. There will be some of those things that will get you and they'll get you right here. And you'll think, man, somebody's cutting onions or something like that. And it's just a tough time. But I'm telling you, take a few moments and watch one of those videos. And I'm telling you, the joy that you see in those people's faces, though, that's good news that we all need this time of year. And let's remember that there are people that have it far worse than we do. And we're thankful that they get the opportunity to come and, and be with family. 
But maybe some of you are feeling in a tough spot and you feel alone. Maybe you don't just feel alone at Christmas. Maybe you feel alone year-round. You feel less than. You feel broken, rejected. Maybe even you feel useless and you wonder if anybody cares. If anybody's listening. If anyone even still loves you. I think if we're being real and being true and being honest, all of us have felt that way one time or another. Some of us maybe more than others. And maybe it's been warranted. Maybe you've been truly alone. But I want you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, as I said, you're not alone in that feeling. People have been feeling that way since the beginning of time. And I would bet money, if I was a betting man, that 2,000 years ago, a group of guys that were sitting out on a hillside in Palestine probably felt a little bit less than, a little bit on the outside, a little bit like nobody really paid attention to who they were or why they existed. In Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 8, we see this familiar account of these guys and their story and how they relate to Jesus. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You know, this account is so much, I mean, it's just got God written all over it. His kingdom operates like this all the time, and it just blows my mind time and time again how we're reminded that God first shared the message of the Messiah coming, not with kings, but with shepherds. These lowly guys that were sort of low on the social totem pole, that were off on a hillside, out on a cold night, wondering if anybody cared. Maybe, you know, their, their wives or their children or their moms or their dads cared. But beyond that, they just wondered if anybody appreciated what they did, how they put their life on the line, how they put their comfort to the side. They wondered if anybody cared. And that's who God chose to deliver the message of the new baby king that had just been born. That's who they first delivered the message to, through the angels. And some people say shepherds were outcasts. Some people say that they were you know, considered less than even human, maybe. And then other scholars disagree. But regardless, regardless, I believe they lived a solitary, a lonely, solitary life. They probably didn't smell great. They probably weren't great public speakers. You know, you imagine all that time, most of the time you're talking to sheep. That would make you pretty bad. Sorry, I had to. I couldn't resist. But here's the truth. God establishes a pattern in his word over and over again of using unexpected and unlikely messengers to share his message. Take, for instance, the women at the resurrection when Jesus, many, many years later, goes to the cross and dies and is buried. And when the news of the resurrection is spread, he first delivers it through the women. And in that time, that was just unheard of. But that's the way God is. God takes unexpected people and unassuming people and uses them in powerful ways. And he wants to do that with you. And that's a powerful truth that I want you to know today. Even if you feel less than, second class, subpar, God has good news for you. That's what I want you to know. God has good news for you. He has good news for me. 
God chooses the foolish things of this world to shame the wise and the weak things to shame the strong. And we're reminded in 2 Corinthians that God's power is made perfect in weakness. Do you get the point? It doesn't matter if you feel less than. It doesn't matter if you feel like you're not good enough or people have even told you you're not good enough. God wants to use you and He has good news for you. And that's the whole theme of our message this morning. God has good news for you. But let's not miss the whole message, the big picture. When you feel alone or less than, it's just sort of natural. You start kind of circling your wagon, so to speak. And you put up your guard, you put up your defenses, and you want to protect what little bit of dignity maybe that you have left. And you want to protect your feelings and your heart. And it's easy to fall in the trap and believe that everyone's out to get you or that nobody even cares about you. And it might even make your issues worse. It can almost become a self-fulfilling prophecy is that you keep people at such a distance, at such arm's length, that they can't even get to know you even when they want to. And you look at everything as a slight or mistreatment and you expect to be left out. And then you can easily become inwardly focused where all you do is think about you and how you're hurting and nobody reaches out to you and you forget there are other people out there that feel the same way that need you to reach out to them. So let's make sure we catch the entire message that was delivered by the angels to the shepherds. He said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. The message wasn't just for the shepherds. Yes, God chose to deliver to them first because He uses people in unexpected ways and He makes messengers out of people's lives that are just messes. But the message wasn't just for them. It wasn't just for them, it's for all of us. It's for every single person who's ever lived. The good news wasn't just for the shepherds, it was for everyone. Look at verse 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest in heaven and on earth peace to those whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, where the Lord, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And God's news is worth experiencing. You know, sometimes we hear good news and we just let it go in one ear and out the other. But these guys took the message to heart and they knew that this news was truly for them. And so as soon as they had opportunity, they took off and they ran to see what the fuss was all about. They took off to see that the message was really true. The shepherds didn't hesitate. They didn't let their feelings of inadequacy or their past mistreatments keep them from experiencing joy and life. And I say that because there's been times in my life when I finally had an opportunity for good news and for joy and I was so beat down and I allowed myself to continue to beat myself down so much that I still wouldn't even experience the joy that God was putting in my lap right there in front of my face. Maybe you've done the same. How many people know about Jesus but don't know Jesus? Or even more importantly, they don't get known by Jesus. Matthew 25, there's the parable of the ten virgins that they're waiting for the bridegroom to come for the big wedding feast to take place. And they're out there and they get word that he's on his way. And so out of the ten, five are wise 
and they go and they get their lamps with their oil. They get extra oil and they get more wicks and they're prepared and they're ready because they don't know exactly when. Travel back then was difficult and messaging, you know, they didn't have uh, instant messenger. and They didn't have all these other kind of things. I, I said, I am. What is this? 20 years ago, <laughs> they didn't have Messenger on Facebook and they didn't have text messaging and all that sort of stuff. So five of them are prepared, but the other five are just like, eh, we got our lamp. We don't need any extra oil. He'll be here. We'll be good, right? And they're probably thinking, maybe these other ladies will give us some oil if we run out. They go out there and they wait and they wait and they wait. And finally, he's so long in coming, the five that didn't prepare, they have to leave and go find extra oil. So they leave, and in the meantime, the bridegroom comes, and he comes in, and they shut the gate, and the wedding festivities begin. And the five foolish bridesmaids, they come, and they're banging on the door. They're banging on the door saying, let us in. We've got our oil. We're, we're back now. And he said, I don't know you. And he left them outside. You know, there are people who are just unwilling to do what God calls them to do for whatever reason, maybe it's because of past hurts. Maybe it's because of laziness. I, I don't know, but the truth is the same. You can know about Jesus, but not be known by him. You want to make sure that you're getting to know him deeper and on every level and that you're not keeping people at arm's length and you're allowing people to build relationships with you and you're building relationships with other people. But more importantly, you're building relationships with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Do you know about Jesus or do you know him? And even more, does he know you? Don't let fear of rejection, or fear of failure, or worry keep you from life. Be ready, be prepared, reach out and share in the joy, the good news that God has for you. Look at verse 17. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. These guys were excited because it was all that they had been promised and more. I don't know if they understood the weight and the depth of who Jesus was, but they knew this was a special time and they were been waiting for the Messiah just like all the rest of Israel for many, many years. And so they're thrilled to death to be able to experience this. But here's something that we learn as we sort of get a little closer to the end here is that good news is worth sharing. If you have good news, you want to tell everybody. I think back to when my kids are born, and it's one of my favorite things to be able to tell people. When people find out they're expecting, man, they're letting everybody know. And, you know, gender reveals are bigger than birthdays, it seems like, nowadays. And people are doing all kinds of crazy stuff. But we're excited about good news. You know, I love to tell people about the good things that my kids accomplish in life. And you do the same thing, and you want to tell everybody because it's why? Good news. Good news is worth sharing. So why would we keep the good news of Jesus Christ secret. The shepherds understood. They could have easily have said, you know, we're always the last to know everything. We're always out on the hillside. Nobody ever thinks, oh, have the shepherds heard? And they go tell us stuff when things happen in town or around town. Nobody tells us. We don't have to go share this right now. We're never invited to the cliques. We're never invited to the parties. The city officials don't honor us or pay any attention to us. 
let's sit on this for a little bit. Let's keep this to ourselves. You know, since you know the whole story, you may be tempted to say, oh, there's no way they would have done that. But these guys were people. They're like you and me. They have feelings that get hurt. They get angry. They want revenge. They want to make people pay for the things that they've done to them. And maybe just sometimes it's nice to be in on a secret. But they didn't miss the point. They knew that good news is worth sharing. And so they ran out and they were glorifying and praising God about all the things they had seen and heard. And that's something I guess we got to wrap our minds around. Is that if you really meet Jesus, it's world changing. It's life altering. It's earth shaking. It's turn your life upside down, inside out. No more playing games. No more selfishness. No more greed. No more pettiness. You can't truly know Jesus and stay the same. So the question is, if my life is the same as before I knew Jesus, if your life is the same as before you knew Jesus, have you really met Jesus? This isn't necessarily to shame you and leave you in the ditch. This is the hopefully the Holy Spirit working on you, convicting you, saying, my life needs to change because I do know the good news of Jesus. I want to challenge you and encourage you to not allow yourself to leave past hurts keeping you from the good news of Jesus, but get to know the good news of Jesus and share the good news of Jesus. You can't truly know Jesus and stay the same. It's time to allow Him to change you so that you can go and help other people be changed with the good news that Jesus offers. If you've seen the goodness of God, show others. You know, if you've seen it in your life, show them your story. Show them how He can change their lives as well. If you've felt the goodness of God, share it with other people. Help them to feel the same things that you felt. Even just with simple acts of kindness, being loving and kind to people, taking your time to listen to their hurts, to help them when they're in need. If you've heard the goodness of God, tell others. If you've heard the gospel, you need to tell other people the good news that Jesus came to live on this earth, live as a, a baby, die on the cross, be buried and raised up to new life to give you and I the hope of heaven. What better thing to share with people than that news that they don't have to pay for their sin forever. but They can have eternal life in heaven with God. The truth is, is that God gives good news to everyone. And it's for everyone. And God used these men who weren't polished or politicians, popular or prepared to share the message of God's deliverance. Many of you have heard several times over about my good friend, Jose. And that was one of the things that just made the greatest impact on so many people, including me, that how he wasn't overly polished in his delivery of the gospel. But once he came to Christ, once he had his sins washed away, he was so grateful for the life that he had an opportunity to live even though he didn't know how much longer it was going to be it came out of every fiber of his being it came out of almost every word he uttered of how god is good 
And he used to say all the time, he used to say, I'm ready for Freddy. And I don't know what that meant other than he was ready at all times. He was ready to see Jesus. He was ready to share Jesus. He was ready to share the good news. And man, he made such an impact in about 10 months of living for Christ. And here, what I'm trying to get you to see is he wasn't prepared. He wasn't a great public speaker. He, wasn't, he didn't know a lot of the Bible yet, but he knew the truth that Jesus came to give good news of eternal salvation for anybody and everybody who would accept it. The message that God is trying to get across to you today is that He wants to use you to spread the message of Jesus. D.T. Niles said a statement that's been worded many times over. Christianity is one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. That's really all it is. You don't have to have all the answers. Yes, you need to study God's Word. Yes, you need to study to show yourselves approved. We're not negating that. But to share the good news of Jesus, you simply need to have experienced the good news of Jesus. And you can refine it, you can fine-tune it, but start telling somebody today. Start living a life that shows that Jesus has made a difference in your life. Start showing the love of Christ to people the way it's been shown to you. Share the good news with anybody and everybody. Tell people where to find the bread that you didn't deserve and you didn't earn but was given to you freely and that they can have some too. You're not a backup. You're not a third choice or a second string or a last resort in sharing the gospel. If you have been covered by the blood of Jesus, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you've repented of your sins and you've confessed Him as Lord and Christ and you've met Him in baptism where He washed away your sins and He gave you His Holy Spirit, then you are on the first string. You're a starter. You're called to share the good news that Jesus is alive and He came to give life for everyone. We as the church, we're the first choice to proclaim the good news of Jesus. So God has good news for you, but He's got good news for everybody. Are you sharing it? Are you living it? Be that beggar who's enjoyed the bread, and you're willing to go out and tell anybody and everybody where to find that bread, and that's in Jesus, the bread of life. Would you pray with me? Father God, we don't deserve good news. As much as we tend to think that we deserve more and more, our lives are broken and empty without you, and we don't deserve good news, but you give it to us freely. And I pray, Father, that even in a year when it's been really bad and we've gotten one bad report after another and we've had sacrifices and difficulties and changed holidays and traditions and the loss of loved ones and just heartache after heartache, God, help us to remember that the good news of Jesus is eternal, even though this life is temporary. Help us to lean on you and share this good news with anybody and everybody who needs to hear it. We love you, Father, and we thank you, God. Work on our hearts. Shape us into who we need to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.